Hey podcast, welcome to another episode. So today I've got my best mate Ozzy on because we just did the 24 hour bike ride for charity at the weekend. So I thought it'd be a really good idea to get him here to chat really about how it went, about the training we did or didn't do for the event since I had a broken arm um, and kind of just talk all around that. So the initial plan was actually to record a podcast every hour on the hour for 24 hours which in theory was an amazing idea but when it actually came to the event and it was lashing it down with rain and there was so much happening and we didn't really have time to do that so that just didn't happen we didn't record a podcast on the day we did however have a camera guy there who was filming the whole day so he's going to put together a video but the what I thought we'd do so because we didn't do that I thought I'd put together an episode where me and Ozzy just sit down and chat about how it all was. I've not actually caught up with Ozzy yet after the event, so it'd be interesting to see how he found it and what the hardest bits were and all that sort of thing. So that's what today's podcast is going to be all about, so I hope you enjoy it. Right, Ozzy, welcome on. I uh, I apologise to the listeners in advance because we'll probably interrupt each other so much, but I'm sure it'll be good. Uh, so, Ozzy's my best mate, essentially, so we ride all the time, two or three times a week. He's also a personal trainer. He's actually moving to the gym that I train people out of. Uh, for those who don't know, I still work with clients two, two and a half days a week. So, welcome on, Oz. Thanks for having me, Matt. <laughs> so, I thought it'd be good, really, to start off by you just telling us a little bit about your background. So, you're 26, aren't you? Same age as me. He, I am his best friend and he's still uncertain about how old I am. <laughs> he has a beard, so he must be older than me. He has actually hit puberty, unlike me. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we actually went to the same school, but we didn't really talk at all at any point through the five years of secondary school. Um, we started hanging out, started talking when I was actually delivering the milk. And I was walking past his parents' house. Matt was, I think you were off to drop Sophie at work in the morning. Okay, yeah, And uh, we started to have a conversation. I was interested in what you were doing online with your lighter ladies at the time. Because the thought of being inside in a nice warm cafe on your laptop seemed more appealing than being outside delivering milk in the pouring down rain in winter. <laughs> so I know we met up a couple of times in Java, um, a backo now, um, and had a coffee. And I know we're discussing fitness and training. We trained a few times. And from there, our our friendship blossomed. <laughs> That's what you call it. I can't get rid of the guy. <laughs> I just followed him for 24 hours around Dovestones. I was planning on doing a solo ride. <laughs> so this person behind me I couldn't drop. So uh, we've been friends now for, I don't know, five years, six years, something like that. Uh, so Oz is a PT as well. So he, like he was saying, he was delivering the milk. He used to be a farmer for, how many years were you a farmer for? Two. Two years, so he was a farmer for two years, so he was doing all farm life. I do also work. have a degree in sport physiology. Which so he did before he was I've a farmer. I've got a degree, then I, I worked on the farm because it was the first first job opportunity. And to be honest, I didn't have to go for an interview, I didn't have to put a suit on, <laughs> so it seemed quite, quite reasonable just to walk <laughs> straight into a job. Uh, but then it was thanks to you that I then became a PT, you pointed me probably pushed me real in fact no you forced me to ring <laughs> forced me to ring Steve um but pushed me in the right direction to then become a PT and I've been a PT now for four years 
and uh, I don't regret it at all. It was one of the best decisions I've made of my career. Now I'm following him again to Upper Mill. <laughs> <laughs> so Ozzy joined the company that I used to work at. So when I became a PT, I worked for a company called ProFit Personal Training. Then it was EasyFit Personal Training. And the way they work is that you're part of like a big company who give you loads of education. So they educate you on nutrition, training, on the business side of it, on even down to like doing your accounts and all that kind of thing. Because most PTs will just go out and be completely self-employed with no kind of background in anything really you're just left on your own whereas profit they charge a lot for you to be there every month but you get a lot of education and background with that so ozzy's been there for the last obviously four years uh i was gonna say two <laughs> no i thought three maybe <laughs> uh, for the last four years and he's just leaving there now and he's joining the gym that i'm at where i train my clients out of so he's gonna be a pt there again over in saddleworth with me which give more time to ride <laughs> <laughs> yes yes <laughs> so we decided this episode's kind of going to be all about i'm sure rosie will be on the podcast loads but this episode's going to be all about why we did the 24-hour ride what it was, how we came up with the idea. So it's probably best to start with how we came up with the idea. So two and a bit, two years, two months ago, something like that, my granddad died from Alzheimer's. I've talked about it on the podcast before. And since then, I'd always wanted to do a kind of a big challenge to raise money for charity, but for Alzheimer's Research UK or for that kind of charity. But I think for the, definitely for the first year, I couldn't really talk about it. I got too upset and I just kind of kept it all to myself. And then I gradually over the year after that was able to talk about it more, write stuff on Facebook about it. And then I feel like probably recently within the last like three, four months, I got to the point where I can talk about it without getting really upset. And, you know, you can to do something like this, I had to talk loads to everybody about it and put it all over social media. And I only recently felt like I was in kind of a mental place to do that. So I really wanted to raise money for Alzheimer's Research UK just to fight it really in my granddad's memory. Um, so I was watching the Ricky Gervais. There was a new Ricky Gervais series. Can you remember the name? Afterlife. 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 So I was watching that um, one night and I literally just binged every episode. I think Sophie must have been away somewhere. And in that, his dad's got dementia or Alzheimer's and I kind of like really brought back all the things, all the memories of my granddad like going through it and kind of going through his death essentially. Um, so I kind of got a bit upset but also motivated watching that because it's a very uplifting program so I was like right F it that's it I've got to do something so I texted Ozzy that night and I was like do you fancy doing a 24 hour a 24 hour ride around Duffstone Reservoir which is our local two and a half three mile round reservoir uh, got a text back within about 20 minutes being like yeah let's do it <laughs> <laughs> so then we, uh, we, we started organising it from there so we were we were meant to do it in July but me being a moron, I broke my wrist two weeks before and I actually had it operated week. two weeks. What it was did a I week. just say? A week, was yeah, it? Is that all it was? Yeah. It must no, it must have been it was thirteen days. 13 so I broke days. it on a Saturday and I know that I had it operated on, on a Friday because oh. that was the day I was meant to do it. So it was thirteen days and I know it took two weeks before I had it operated on. So yeah, thirteen days before the event I brought my arm at Gisborne. Um, and I had it operated on on the day that I should have been doing my 24-hour ride, and it was lovely weather, which uh, adds a bit of insult to injury after this It was weekend. so sunny. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a great day, and it was obviously in the middle of July, so there's only six hours of darkness or something like that. But I broke my arm, so we couldn't do it. So I had ten, eight, eight weeks since then, eight weeks in a cast after yeah. that, so 10 weeks total. So when I got out of the cast, we rearranged it to the end of September, so we've just done it now. So I had about three and a half weeks to train for it after getting out of the cast. Um, so we did it this Saturday. So um, you can carry on telling a little bit more about it if you want. What, as in the actual event itself? Yeah. 
So. It was wet. <laughs> <laughs> it was wet. It was rainy. It added to the drama. Um, I, I honestly don't think we could have could have chosen worse weather yeah, to do it in. it was absolutely horrific. But when you look at it, it was we wanted to take on something that was going to be both a physical and a mental challenge because we wanted to raise as much awareness for Alzheimer's research because of what that charity meant to us. So add to that, Ozzy's uncle died from Alzheimer's as well. So, so um, we wanted to tell people when we were doing this ride, we wanted them to go, oh, wow, that is a... Ch-. Like, we wanted people to go, what a challenge that is. So w- when it was then raining, pouring down, gusty winds, that all added to it, really, and it made it more of a challenge to us. For me, and I know... I'm, I think Matt feels the same way. The weather almost made it even greater of an achievement to yeah, finish absolutely. it and to have the strength that we both did to get through that. I, I'm really proud of both of us for doing it. It's definitely the greatest achievement of my my life so far, yeah. without a shadow of a doubt. So, what was your what was your worst moment, Matt? Um, the hardest thing for me was through the night. So like from 10, so we started at 10 a.m. And it was, I think about 40% of it was rain. So the, the it's a three mile loop, 2.8 mile loop, something like that. The first two miles were pretty easy, to be honest. There's a very, very slight climb, but it's not a tough climb at all. Um, it's probably about 100 feet, 150 feet of elevation. It's not much. Um, and it's it's fine, to be honest. And then you had a slight tailwind on the top there, and it was ever so slightly downhill. So we were absolutely flying. I bet we were doing 20 mile an hour pretty much every time on that flat bit on the top. And it was good fun. And it was, yeah, it was good fun because there was a lot of, it would have been really dull just riding around the same reservoir, but I know what I was going to say, there was quite a few puddles on the ground. So like you had to pick a dry line through that, and that really just helped break up the mon- monotony a bit, monotony a bit, because you had to pick a line through it where you weren't going to get absolutely soaked. But then you'd get to the very, like, the last kind of third, turn a corner, and there was a slight downhill. And you just got to the bottom of that downhill, and the wind just hit you. And it was a kind of wind where it was almost stopping you on the downhill. Like, it was you had to pedal to get to the bottom of the hill sometimes. And then it's a long straight of, I reckon, about 200 metres, 300 metres? Maybe yeah, 300 metres, I reckon? 300 metres. Say 300 metres straight, mm. and that was into a headwind, which for a lot of it was like a headwind plus a load of rain. And then you turn left and then you were along a really exposed bit back to the gazebo, back to the tent. And that was like a really tough bit. Like, it was just kind of get your head down and do it. Um, and the downhill was made way more interesting by the fact that it is not techy or no. difficult in the slightest. But trying to do any downhill, knowing that if you don't make the right at the bottom, you're going to end up in the reservoir. Yeah. And you can't see because the rain's <laughs> going in your face. And you're like trying to open one eye as you're going down the hill it just made it a lot more exciting <laughs> it was one of those as well you're kind of really conscious that you don't want to fall off because a you don't want to fall off and injure yourself but b you know like you're already hurting you don't want to put yourself in more pain by giving yourself an injury that you're going to ride through i think the hardest bit to answer your question for me was like the first bit was fine so from 10 a.m right through till probably 1 a.m was like honestly okay because it's not very physical riding I rested all week. I trained legs on the Monday. I was going to train up until the Wednesday, but I just decided to rest. So Tuesday to Friday, I just rested completely. And the last three and a half weeks since getting my cast off, I've been training five or six days a week, every week. So I felt pretty fit. Um, And it was steady riding. So I think we hit about 90 miles 
by say 12, one o'clock, something like that, which is the furthest I've ever had. The first I've ever ridden before Saturday, Friday was 35 miles. <laughs> so <laughs> I was very well prepared. <laughs> um, and then we got to 1 p.m. For me, the hardest bit was then when the sun went down. Like, I really struggled. Ozzy, he'll answer him for himself in a moment, but I think Ozzy found that all right. I proper, proper struggled with the night time. So when it went dark from, say, 1 o'clock, uh, when everybody... Oh, I should, I should add, so through the day, people kept rocking up to ride with us, which was amazing. So a couple of our followers turned up and things like that, like Ozzy's mum did a bit with us and various different people. So actually, from 10, till, 10 a.m. to 1 a.m., we're probably only rolled on our own for an hour or two. The rest of the time we're with people. So that really helped because they like got in front of us in the headwind and helped us like tuck in behind them. We had so much support. It yeah, was it like so uplifting every time somebody yeah, turned up. Just like Matt was saying to even we didn't even ask them to go in front of us, yeah. but they would just get to the corner, they knew the headwind was coming and they would just say, Right, tuck in behind yeah, us, that we'll was give a you a, we'll give you a um, we'll give you a windbreak yeah. and that was awesome yeah it was that. and even the walkers like my mum and your mum were there heckling we had a big gazebo <laughs> up which was like bright orange so people couldn't miss it by the car park and my mum and Ozzy's mum were kind of heckling everybody as they went past so they were telling us what they were doing so like the walkers don't, normally walkers are like obviously nice when you're out but they kind of move out your way and you kind of move out the way of theirs and it's a bit of a mutual thing but like the dog walkers were literally like climbing up on the banks and then like leaving a complete gap and waving us through and cheering and stuff. So that was awesome. And so the daytime was just like, it was mint. It was really good. We ate every 30 minutes. So every single time we got back to the tent, we had something well, to you eat. Did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Ozzy didn't eat as much as me. <laughs> I was Not like, on rides I don't. no matter what. <laughs> yeah, no matter what, I'm having something to eat. So I had like a flapjack, like a couple of bits of flapjack and a handful of sweets. Um, probably every half an hour I had something like that about every two hours they had like a cheese and a ham sandwich or something like that and then later on in the evening we had some proper food we had some potato pie and then Sophie wrapped up with pizza um, but literally every half an hour we had something to eat so I felt and I know you did as well like the energy levels from a energy levels if you think kind of from a nutrition standpoint and from a having like sugar in your muscles that felt pretty constant for me um, so that wasn't the hard bit the difficult bit for me was when it hit the night time. Like, I proper struggled with that. Like, I need my sleep. I'm not good on no sleep. Um, and I felt like my body just shut down. Like, it just, I, I didn't feel like I had any of those, like, waking hormones in my system. I was just asleep. Like, we got back to the tent. There's a couple of photos of me. And Ozzy was fine. He was laughing. And, like, Anna, his girlfriend was there. And his mum was there. And people were trying to, like, psych us up. And I was just staring into space. I mean, you could probably describe. <laughs> I, 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 it was like... When, when I looked at Matt, there was one point where my mum was trying to give this speech. And like obviously, I know Matt really well. So I know that when Matt gets tired, don't talk to him. <laughs> Not because he's being rude or he doesn't want to. He just doesn't need... He's focused on what's in hand. He doesn't need distractions. And as... It was difficult for me not to talk to him because like, <laughs> I can talk. Um, but at that point, obviously, you respect what the other person needs. So I just sat down, didn't even say anything to Matt. He got his coffee, got some sweets, and like I knew that was enough for him. My mum came across and started giving this whole sort of <laughs> motivational speech. And I was just the whole time looking at him. 
and his face didn't even <laughs> register a word. And he was he was white. He was sheet white, and he was just staring into one spot. And I was like, I was just thinking the whole time, Mum, please stop talking. <laughs> like this is gonna be winding battle. Please stop talking. But you were literally so focused on. I don't know what was going through your mind. You can probably open I was just, up a bit more on that. I was just knackered, to be honest. I think, like, it wasn't even that I was, like, in the zone. Like, I probably was, but, like, there was never any doubt that I wasn't going to do it. So I didn't need motivating. I didn't need external motivation because from the beginning, the only thing that I thought would stop me from doing it would be if I got an injury, like an actual injury where my quad stopped working or I teared some, tore a muscle or I did something that physically stopped me from doing it. Like, I knew that I was going to do it, so... I didn't need like external motivation from people being like, you can do it, you can do it, because I just, I was never in any doubt that I could do it or not. Like I knew I could do it. Uh, and when I was in like that tent, I knew that I was going to get out again, but I knew I had four or five minutes and I was, I was just knackered to be honest. The, the closest thing I can like relate it to how I felt was, you know when you get really, really, really poorly, so you've got like a really bad say, like a fever or you're really ill and someone asks you if you want any food and all you can do is kind of nod your head a little bit or shake your head a little bit. Like, that's how I felt, like, just when you just, like, I wasn't being rude, I just literally didn't have any energy just to, like, nod or shake, that was it. And then we were sat in that tent, and there were times when it was, like, rattling from the wind, and it was pissing it down with rain on the roof, and you were, like, just knew that you had to get out, so then going back out after a three or four, five minute break and then getting back on the bike and then I had a load of like sores on my undercarriage. <laughs> undercarriage. <laughs> so that first five, <laughs> ten minutes of riding again really hurt. So for me, like, I was, I kept counting down. We had like five hours of night time left, but that seemed like a week to me. Like that seems so far away. So by far the hardest bit, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily the most physically challenging things like particularly in the night time because like i push myself harder like if you push yourself like to get a top 10 on strava on a climb for example like that intensity where you feel sick and your legs are on fire and you feel like you're gonna pass out and you feel like you can't physically push any harder i never got that for the whole 24 hours and i know you're the same but we wouldn't have been able to do 24 hours if we did if that. We'd have done that intensity. oh yeah there's just there's not a chance yeah exactly because you needed to do that low intensity it was just the more the mental side of it just lashing it down with rain and just having to go out again like there was one point where it was probably about 4am and I was like I'm, I was like genuinely like almost like stopping myself from crying I was that uncomfortable like I went out again it wasn't because I was upset about anything I was just like the start of a lap and like I nearly cried about three times I had to stop myself I think and I, I know I was exactly like, which lap you're why, talking about why am about. I crying <laughs> I think I know exactly which lap you're talking about because there was one point in the night where I know I'd said to you do you need anything to stop and you said no, so we just went and did two laps. Oh, yeah, and okay. then when we got back after that, you're like, I can't physically do two laps without <laughs> a stop because my back started to hurt and stuff. And I thought, and you'd, you'd, not that I was sprinting off or anything, but I know you'd slowed down. And there was a one point where I thought, oh, I wonder where Matt, I oh, turned okay. around to see where you'd gone and you were a bit, you were like lagging behind a little bit. Right. And at that point, I knew. I, I was thought, struggling. But that's when I just stopped talking because I said <laughs> I asked you a question. I asked him a question. I think it was I think it was uh, it was something to do with oh where's self sleeping tonight and you just went yep. <laughs> and I thought oh he said he's so that was it he went uh, so Ozzy was like Ozzy was jolly for the whole time so picture how he is now like this just didn't this didn't falter he's just the same so it's like three a.m. or whatever it was he was like is Ozzy sleep is uh, Sophie sleeping at home tonight then I was like yep it's like. Um, do you want to go for a wee in a set? 
Yep. yep. Something like that, like barely anything. I think Ozzy knew at that point. But then then at the, I, I was going to say, at that point, I knew. Because I knew that there was going to be a time when... Matt stopped talking. That you'd stop talking. <laughs> I knew there would be, uh, which is totally fine. And I, at that point, I thought, right, we, I just, we both just need to keep moving. And we never actually had a conversation at any point or even had to say anything to each other like, oh, come on, let's get uh, through no. this. Because I know... I don't think we, either of us actually I know. Does. No, we didn't. I was saying I know that yeah. we both knew as soon as 10 a.m. started on that Friday... Yeah, that we were going to do 24 hours. Th- there was no way we were going to stop. Yeah. There was just... We didn't even need to talk yeah, about true it. That, actually. We didn't want to motivate no, each other. because Not we didn't once. need to because we both knew... I think every now and again we'd say, like, Ozzy's knee starts hurt by the end. So he'd be like, how was your knee? Or how are you feeling? But we never once said, like, keep going, we're doing good. Because yeah, I think, like you say, to. we both knew that we would both do it. Yeah. Um, and I think we had that belief before we started. The only thing I was nervous about, like I've just said, was, like, if we get any kind of got any kind of injuries. So I went, I'll let Ozzy talk about his experience. I think his would be different. But I think I'll kind of finish off with, as soon as, the, it was really weird. So I was like knackered and really flagging and each half an hour lap seemed so 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 long <laughs> it really really did like i hated the night time that night time was just the worst thing ever for me like it was horrific last day i was nearly crying i was like in that much discomfort um and i never like cry from pain or anything like that um even if i can get quite emotional <laughs> um but as soon as the sun started to come up, in fact no i'll tell you what was a good moment it was before that about 5 a.m so oliver was a guy, when I had my operation on my wrist, the guy in reception was a mountain biker and he said he'd come down and meet us. He was meant to come over at 3 a.m. and kind of give us a cheering on, but he overslept. Uh, and about 5 a.m. when we were both mega flagging, he popped his head into the tent Speak out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, he popped his head into the tent and uh, that was a massive lift. And then he rode with us until the sun came up and then again for about an extra hour after the sun came up. So that was great because then... Ozzy had somebody to talk to because he would t- he could just chat to Oliver then for the next few hours and I was like just kind of tucked in behind them. Um, that was a big lift when he popped in. That was a big lift. Even I remember when his his, his cheery head popped through oh, and he just went, I'm sorry I'm late. I'm thinking, late? This is great. You've yeah. come through. Yes. yes, people, we can talk. <laughs> <laughs> so then um, I'll finish off my bit and I'll let Ozzy talk because I think he did have a different experience of it than I did. And so then the sun came up and it was really weird. Like It was just very, very gradual. And literally, as soon as that first little tiny bit of light started to come up, you couldn't even see the sun or anything like that. It was just, you could just see everything a little bit more. I started to yawn and I probably yawned about eight times in 10 minutes and I could tell my body was starting to wake up. And then within an hour, we'd stopped. Oliver had brought some coffee and he made some really strong coffee, which was probably the strength of about five espressos. Rocket fuel. It literally was. It was like espresso strength, but a large Americano size. (laughs) It must have been about six shots of coffee in that. So that really woke me up. And then for the rest of it, I found it really tough, but I was okay then. Like, I just kept doing lap after lap after lap. And then when it got to 9 a.m., Sophie had rocked up. My dad was riding with us. And I just did, like, Ozzy rode off and did another lap with everyone. And I did a lap with um, my mum and Sophie. Excuse me. There's the intro for you. Sorry yeah. about that. <laughs> a boogie. It's only professionals there. <laughs> um, so I did a lap with Sophie and my mum who were walking, and Ozzy did another lap. So Ozzy actually did three miles more than me, than me which pains Ooh. me. <laughs> I did 135 miles, Ozzy did 138. Um, and then we did the last lap together. But I found the last bit, like it was tough the last bit, but people kept rocking up. There was people riding with us the whole time, like people were cheering us up. And as soon as the sun was up, I felt better. Like I was exhausted. 
but I was okay. But for me, the the hardest bit, and I can't express how hard I found it, was the bit in the night time. Um, how did you find it all? Fine. Aussie, <laughs> <laughs> I think, found it a lot easier than I did. Um, the I don't think you, I don't think you. I, we've not spoke about this. My hardest Uh-oh. moment, or the moment that I found most difficult, was on the third lap. Uh-huh. The third lap. Oh, really? So oh. I set off in a jacket that I thought was waterproof. <laughs> that turns out it really wasn't. So by the third laps, we were only an hour in. So at that point, we were flying. So we were doing like three laps an hour. On the third lap, I remember thinking, I am absolutely dripping wet through on my upper body. Lower body, I'm not bothered about getting wet because your legs are moving. You'll know what it's like when you're out on a ride. Your legs are moving. So even though you're wet, you're not cold. But my upper body, already after three laps, was soaking wet through. And I remember thinking... I know I've got another 23 hours of this and not at any point did I think we can't do it or that I can't do it. But I remember thinking this is already more difficult than I actually expected because I was soaked from the start. I knew we were going to get wet because we'd seen the weather. I knew that. But on the third lap, I remember thinking, oh man, 23 hours of this is going to be (laughs) uncomfortable. Um, But then... I just sort of, we just pushed on through. I didn't really even talk about it because after another couple of laps, I'd totally even forgot that I was drenched because you're wet and you're just cycling. People were turning up. People were talking to us. So that kind of distracts you. Um, When it got to half past four and your mum turned up with a meat and potato pie, that was was the first point to which, um, for me, the hardest bit was over. Like, I'd got changed out of my wet stuff on the on my upper body. I put my fresh clothes on. Can you remember what tog it was, Matt? As <laughs> <laughs> he kept talking, he was like riding around being like, oh, I can't wait to get my tog 24 on. Yes, you can remember. <laughs> so I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to wear my uh, tog 37 followed by the 42. I'd sp- I-, I knew I was going to get wet and I knew I was going to have to get changed. So I purposely didn't put my warmest jacket on at the beginning because I was really looking forward to the first change. So we stopped at half past four for some meat and potato pie, at which point I took all my clothes off the top yeah I did too put some fresh uh, thermal on my TOG 24 a waterproof which was waterproof not just (laughs) windproof waterproof jacket and then my ski jacket over the top and from that point on throughout all the night the wind the rain I was absolutely bone dry and I was actually at points really hot but I was I was so conscious of not getting cold because I know how hard it is to go from a state of being cold to then getting warm again. I just wanted to remain hot for the entire ride. So after we'd eaten that meat and potato pie, meat and potato pie at five, to be honest, it was actually okay. I I found it. I found it okay. My legs were fine. It wasn't. Oh, are you about five p.m. Yeah, 5 I was at 5 a.m. in the morning then because my mum also rocked up at 5 a.m. Oh, you got 4.30 p.m., didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. So yeah, at fi- at f- after 5 p.m., yeah. the, I was comfortable for the rest of it. I didn't get any sort of chaffage on the undercarriage. Um, I did. I was all right. And I actually had, a, I don't know whether Matt picked up on it, but I actually had um, every single time we stopped and then re-got on the bikes... I said a little thing to myself. I oh, said, I did not notice this. I got back on the bike every time, and every time we set off from the tent, 
I said, oh, this saddle feels better every time I sit on it. And <laughs> I, I, said it, I said it from about two o'clock in the morning every single time we got on the saddle. And it was just something in my head mentally, but it actually sort of cheered me up and it stopped me thinking about how uncomfortable yeah. it actually was. Because at one point, um, Oliver heard and he just started giggling. Oh, I but I, I said it every, every oh, single well. time. Um, I um, That's kind of like the things that I did through the night. That was obviously one of yours. I had a song in my head over and over, which I kept playing back to myself for probably for like an hour or two at a time. So I think one of the things that I kind of had in my head was, uh, I can't even remember what song it was. It was the song that I was playing on the, if you remember, on the way to the... Oh, yeah. It's like a song from an Olympic advert. I can't remember what it was, but I had that tune Can in I my head. Can I sing it? Yeah. That's the one. <laughs> so we don't know it, but we can sing it. That one. So that, I just had that tune going round and round and round in my head. So there was that that was happening for me. And then, I'm really into my cars. I absolutely love my cars. And there's a video... Um, it's I think it's an old Top Gear video, and it's the Jaguar F-Type SVR, which to non-car people will probably mean nothing, like Ozzy. Uh, although I go on about that car quite a lot, so he knows I know what it looks one. like. Yeah, he knows <laughs> that. Um, so Jaguar F-Type SVR, and so the Jaguar E-Type, when that came out, there was a guy called Norman Jewis, who was a race driver. So I forget, it was the Geneva Motor Show, where they were unveiling the Jaguar E-Type, and they needed another one. So Norman Jewis drives, if I'm pronouncing his name right, drives through the night to get there and he arrives with something like 10 minutes to spare so for this top gear video they kind of did another one of that where they were releasing the f-type svr at the geneva motor show and then oh i can't remember the guy it's not chris harris it's rory rory from the new top gear he drives through the night in the jaguar f-type svr and the bit where he struggles with is overnight and then um as part of the video it's the norman jewish guy and then he's like at last daybreak or welcome break from the night or something along those lines and all literally for about two hours i probably said that to myself about 70 times i heard that voice in my head so i just i was just aiming for that sun and i couldn't wait for it to come up and be like daybreak or welcome break <laughs> so that kept going around and the only other thing really that was in my head was i kept focusing on sophie i, kept, I knew sophie was coming at about half eight and i really wanted her to be proud of me and like give me a big hug when i saw her and i like i knew that she was tucked up at home in bed and i was thinking about her load so those kind of three things kept me going um but that was it for me really i kind of knew on the deepest level that i was not going to stop so because i just knew i wasn't going to stop i didn't really need to like motivate myself it was just kind of those were the things that kept coming into my head but i knew we were going to do it and it was like not optional that we didn't so it was just kind of like just 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 crack on so yeah i completely hijacked your story Karen. totally hijacked my story. standard me that. <laughs> <laughs> i for th those three hours when i knew you were in sort of i know you said i was in a hole you were in a hole um it was quite I can't say that it was it was easy for me because I actually found it difficult not being able to talk to somebody, yeah. not just being able to turn around and like just have a bit of a laugh with you because that's what we would do on a ride. Ozzy's like the most extroverted people, so I like a good chat, but I also like time to myself. So I can quite happily sit on my laptop with my headphones in for 14 hours, talk to nobody, and that suits me. Like I used to be a gamer when I was a kid, so... I could just like spend weekends on my own in my room, no problem at all. Whereas Ozzy's a complete extrovert where he needs to be talking to people all the time and he hates silence. So I think you probably found that hard that I wasn't talking. I did, but I actually found that it was really nice because I was 
as sad as this sounds, I was sort of like just talking to myself. <laughs> See, even when he's not no, talking to not... anyone else, he's talking to himself. <laughs> no, but I was, and then there was little things, like you know how much a geek I am for like space and stuff. Oh, yeah. So at one point, when the clouds, when the clouds actually um, disappeared for a while, we had about an hour, an hour and a half, where all the stars were out, and I found it, it's going to sound so sad, but it was really spiritual. I actually really loved just being me and you, in in the dark, <laughs> but With me. Our off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was it? Put some chamois cream on there. <laughs> oh, uh, it was really nice, just for for the silence and to be able to look at the stars. And I was almost, I almost, I remember at one point being really thankful. For I'm not like I'm not religious, but I I would say that I am quite spiritual. And I was really thankful that it stopped raining. And those little things from going to being sat in a tent, listening to the rain and knowing that we both have, you know, the strength to choose to go out in the rain and ride another lap. Then when it stopped raining, I was really thankful for the rain. I'm not saying that somebody was looking down on us and and, and stopped the rain and it was because we were doing this event. But those mini wins, those little things really spurred me on. And I found it, I found it really comforting those when the like even when the wind died down a little yeah, bit and we had yeah. a couple of couple of laps where the headwind wasn't as bad just that was as I, I was really grateful that we were able to have that that point um, and it was nice just to have some time to reflect and as as much as I do love to talk it, it was actually quite nice to have that time because I don't go through a day where I'm not not talk to talking to somebody so that was that was really nice However, when my knee started hurting... Yeah, Els is... Uh, just before you start about that, start talking about your knee. Uh, oh, what was I going to say? I've interrupted you now and I've lost my train of thought. Oh, I was going to say, I was expecting, because it was so long, to have like a lot of time to think and like think about various different bits and think about my granddad and about various things that are going on at the moment. But I found because the laps were so short, I didn't actually get any thinking time, which uh, I actually think more on a solo ride for a couple of hours than I did on those because the laps were so short I didn't get into that kind of like day excuse me daydreaming and thinking about life I didn't have any of that like peace and quiet which I thought I would get I thought it'd be like riding round it's 2am it's really peaceful this is like really nice I never really had that the laps I were so I think that's the weather conditions though I yeah, think maybe. if it had been sunny yeah, and still okay, yeah. I still don't think we would have spoken in the evening because let's face it, you wouldn't have wanted to talk between no. two and five anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but I think because of the weather, the weather focus is focused. Yeah, that's true. On getting back, on to, getting the back to the tent and getting round. Because yeah. it was like when I was saying to you when I went up Scarfell, I knew that I had an hour and a half to get to the top and it was just me and a head torch. I didn't even know the route. Of, you know, I didn't hardly even knew the route. This is a completely separate time when Ozzy ran. Ran? Well, ran, well, ran, walked up Scarfell at like 4am, something like that. Because I wanted to see the sunrise. But there was not at any point did I have any, I didn't start focusing on any external factors or stresses in my life. I had one goal and that was to get to the top in an hour and a half. Yeah. So I didn't have any thinking time. My brain was focused on keeping the body moving. And I think that is essentially the same as yeah, what was on the ride. Yeah, because we did every single one. It was a, It was always... It wasn't a 24-hour ride, it was 50 laps, if that makes sense. It was always one at a time. It was always, first of all, it was always really enjoy that first two-thirds, because that was pretty fun. 
and then it was right get back through the headwind and every focus was always on get back to the tent get back to the tent and it was just one lap at a time yeah one lap at a time and it was also really annoying like we did so i think the fastest lap was like 17 minutes and it was because in my head i was like right every lap is half an hour and it was so frustrating when you get back and like 20 minutes have passed and i was like it's meant to be 30 minutes have passed i love i I was buzzing i was like what we doing our fastest lap about half past 12 this is great Um, um, yeah, so um, Ozzy's knee started hurting. One o'clock, so it was after we'd just been delivered the donuts by David. Okay. And I, it was the lap after that. I remember going up that really short hill, and the one thing I'd been worried about the whole time, because I knew mentally we, we'd both be yeah. okay, but the one thing I was always worried about was if one of us picked up some sort of injury yeah, me that too. stopped us from being able to do it. Yeah, me too. And my left knee started to ache. And I thought, right, I'm hoping this is just sort of a one-off little niggle on my knee. Um, But every lap after that, every time I put more and more pressure through my knee, it got more and more painful to the point where at about five o'clock in the morning, I could hardly put any pressure through my left knee going up the hills. So I was having to do the short little uphill stints purely on my right leg, um, which then led to at about seven, eight o'clock, my right knee started to hurt. So going up the hills was really, really difficult. Yeah. Luckily, like Matt said, they weren't particularly big hills yeah, and they, they only were only short. Seconds, they were only short. Flat. And once I got onto the flat, my knees were okay. I could still feel them, but they were okay. So at the end, when Matt said to me on the final lap, right, should we do a sprint finish? That was really painful. <laughs> Coming into the end was actually really, really painful. And and you, I know you said to me, can you stand up to sprint? I physically couldn't stand yeah, on the pedals. I tried to stand up on the pedals and I had to sit back down again. It just couldn't like, do it. The, the, the annoying thing was that my actual muscles, my quads, were fine. They weren't aching at all. But I couldn't get the power from my quads through into the pedal because my knee. knees were sore. I've never suffered you with knee pain. Yeah, you before. don't get knee pain. I think it's just the length of time that you're doing it. Yeah, for. I think I think it's length of time. There'll be something where my hips will have got tight. So I, when I was pedaling, they weren't totally in line, which would have caused them to have would have caused them to get inflamed. Hence, why they, they were they were painful. So I will have to look at that you do for pedal longer very rides. Much with your feet out. Do you know that? Because yeah, I, I, I got tight, because I got tight glutes. Yeah, because I got tight. Yeah, which I'm, you, they're like that, aren't they? When they ride, um, they're like at forty-five I, degrees. Sorry. Yeah, we're going again. Continue. Um, <laughs> so I will have to look at that for when we start doing some more lo- longer rides. But on shorter rides, we're yeah, absolutely it's not fine. Issue, is it? uh, I also do think that yes, Matt, you're right. I need to buy some five tens because <laughs> the grip... rides at the minute in like um, old, old skater shoes that look really heavy and don't really fit or tie very well. And they're just not built for like riding. <laughs> they're like wrecked. They have holes in them and don't fit very well. And yeah, you would do. I tell you what, to say shoes. they have holes in and they do have some holes and the sole pretty much comes off them. They held a lot of water. <laughs> Every week I'm like, Ozzy, you need to get some five tens. Yeah, they, they held <laughs> or some other riding shoes. They did hold a lot of water, but my best moment, just to flip it. Before like, we go on to that, that's going to be the finish, isn't it, I presume? Go on. Oh, no. Was that, you, you, was that going to be the best moment? It uh, was when the sun came up and when you started oh, okay, to... Sorry. Me seeing you have energy again was like a really good feeling for me because okay. I knew at that point then that we're going to be able to enjoy the last three, four hours of the ride 
we were going to be able to start having a conversation again. Then more people turned up, and then like it was the support at the end was awesome. But being able to see you come out of the hole, the sun coming up, then we got some breakfast. Highlight was also figuring out that the disabled toilets were open. <laughs> now, this is going into far too much detail, but I, about probably 3 a.m., needed to relieve myself. So I just like found like an open bit of grass that was behind a wall and squatted and did a poo there. And then used toilet roll and just had to kind of like leave it there so there was no bins around. It was obviously toilet paper, so it'll... Uh, Disintegrate, what's the word? <laughs> That's a good word. Yeah. It's not even the right word, though, is it? Although it will disintegrate. Um, but then Ozzy found out that we had a key for the disabled toilets and they were actually pretty nice, so he was able to use that. I was absolutely ecstatic when I found out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you one thing I've not talked about, my wrist. Oh, yeah. So, like, um, people kept asking me how my wrist was. So, for, after about eight hours, we were riding borrowed KTMs, which were amazing for the event. Um, they were cross-country bikes with like mine had 120 mil front, 100 mil back. I think Aussies is 100 front, 90 mil back. The proper cross-country race bikes, carbon fibre. Mine had the SRAM AXS wireless gears on them, so that was cool. I'll talk about how that was another time. Um, they were really, really good bikes, but my grips were really hard, and that really hurt my hand. And I think my wrist started to really hurt after a while, so Thomas, Aussie's brother, wrapped it up for me. Um, but I think without really realising, I think I've been leaning on my left hand quite a bit more than my right. And still now, it's Monday, so it's two days on from the event, two and a half days really. And I've still not got full feeling in my fingers. My fingers are still numb and tingling. Um, and I think I've just trapped a nerve somewhere, somewhere from my hand to my shoulder to my neck. Somewhere like, I think I've like compressed the nerve or got some inflammation in there. So that needs stretching off and I know it'll get a bit better. Um, but I think I've just put so much pressure on that left hand, but I just wrapped um, it up and I was on paracetamol every four hours. So every four hours I had paracetamol and then that kind of helped take the edge off my wrist um, sort of from both sides of it. But the end was amazing. The end was like proper, proper awesome. There was, I reckon there was about 30 people there. I reckon there was 30 people And it was there. absolutely lashing it down like the weather i can't tell you for about 40 percent of it it was genuinely lashing it loud. like there's been floods around here when we're driving home like some some roads were closed like i think it, it was, was that bad i think it was i think it was raining for the majority i think it rained more than it was dry oh really yeah, in my head yeah, it was yeah. like 40 percent you think it was more i dear? think it was more than that right so yeah. there you go the weather was it really like it, it was not good yeah it really would have it would have been hard for the weather to have been worse um so the, to have so many people there at the finish line was just amazing. Like loads of my family, loads of Aussie's family, clients there. Um, and we like came sprinting into the finish and slammed the brakes on and everyone was cheering. It was just like so surreal. This guy came up to me, this like older guy. And he was like, as soon as I crossed the line, he was like, oh, hi there, Matthew, uh, Oldham Times, can I ask you a few questions? <laughs> and I was like, is this really happening? Like, it was just surreal. <laughs> well, and then Cole from KTM had um, got us two bottles of Prosecco. So he shook them and um, sprayed us with them. And like, it'll all be on film. When the, camera, when the video comes out, it'll all be on there. But like, and then loads of people were crying. So my mum was crying. And then even people that you didn't think would be crying were crying. <laughs> And like that was like I'd already warned that I was definitely going to cry. And he did. <laughs> <laughs> I was crying before we finished. I had a tear in my eye. <laughs> Ozzy was getting emotional on the way back to the thing because he was like uh, on the very final lap there was about five people riding behind us and then there was me and Ozzy riding. We were obviously ahead to finish. 
Um, and Ozzy was like, I don't know anybody who would ride like on a bro ride for 24 hours, four weeks after like coming out of a cast from a broken wrist. And he was getting a bit emotional. Um, <laughs> so I was like, I don't know anyone who had the same amount of bloody energy 24 <laughs> hours after starting. <laughs> and I was like, oh, stop, you set me off. <laughs> and I was just like, I want my bed. <laughs> I was like, I want a hug. <laughs> yeah, I, I was okay. <laughs> so, but then when we crossed the line, it was amazing. Like, Sophie was bawling her eyes out. My mum was my dad was like whole family was it was really really nice and then like everyone was really like proud uh, and it was like a proper like epic moment um it was, it great was really surreal yeah it was because... surreal it didn't feel like everyone was looking at us and you could i don't mean this in like it, it sounds big-headed and i really do not mean it in that way but you could see in people's eyes like how inspired they were to see us finish and like they were looking at us a bit like that's amazing and i don't mean it to say like aren't we amazing for doing that like i genuinely believe anyone can do it but um, it was really surreal to see people looking at us in that way. Yeah. Like it was... Because um... people, like part of our job is people come to us for advice. Yeah. And they look up to our opinions. Yeah. But that felt different. Oh, yeah, That, did, that yeah. felt like we were, we, were, we were inspiring people and people were, that you could see, like, and I know that Soph will have given you loads of praise afterwards, but even like when I was in the car home and Anna was telling me, how proud of me that she was, and how it was, it it was, it hadn't fully sunk in what we'd done. No, I mean either. we'd finished, but it still for some reason hadn't really sunk in that we've just ridden around there for yeah. twenty four hours, yeah. and all these people are here to support us yeah. and support the charity that we we're trying to raise more awareness for. It was it was a really really yeah, surreal really moment. Surreal. I'll tell you what stood out for me is like how much support we did get. Like even like Ozzy's mum or dad were up through the entire night. There was somebody there always. Anna, Ozzy's girlfriend, was there for most of it. People just turned up constantly. It was like people that we don't even really know. Like Oliver from the hospital. I've met him once for 40 minutes before I had an operation. And he came and helped us for about four hours of it. And he was like proper like, proper helping us. Um, Paul. Paul, yeah, Paul, who was um, a follower from MTB Fitness, like he just rocked up pretty much at the beginning and rode with us for four hours. Yeah. And then um, Andy, uh, another follower, he rocked up um, because his dad is currently going through dementia and Alzheimer's and he gave us like a big donation there and was like patting us on the back and saying keep going. And there's loads of other people as well, sorry if I forgot to Andy mention Clayton it. Clayton did us a good shift when yeah, he turned he up at nine o'clock. Yeah, Andy Clayton, stayed, so this is one of like, his mates. Stayed like nine till one o'clock Yeah, and he really sort of, because yes, two till five was difficult, but at that point, our energy was starting to go down a little bit. Yeah. It had been dark for a couple of hours. And then when he rocked up, it gave us, again, somebody else to talk to, yeah. talking about bikes, another person to to give us a windbreak. And that was really And that, that was from really like 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. He yeah. did a good few laps Yeah, us. he did. Um, but like completely selfless, like at our pace, chatting away, like letting a shield behind him in the wind every time just like didn't mind how long we needed to stop to go because we were weighing about every 30 minutes like we drunk i drank about 14 16 liters something Did like you? that yeah i drank about that much ozzy probably had eight Two. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not joking i don't actually know how much i drank i think i drank about four or five liters yeah. but i really didn't drink that ozzy much. never drinks on a ride so if we go on a four-hour ride i need two three liters whereas ozzy just doesn't drink don't drink like, don't eat that was probably one of that was another thing that I found really difficult because I felt sick for yeah, I a good 
a good number of hours through the night just yeah. because I was having to force yeah. food in and drinking and I never normally yeah. eat or drink. Even though I eat on rides, I found I had to force food in. Like, I just got to the point where I just did not want anything, but I was like, you have to eat to keep your energy up. You've got, like, eight hours left. You don't have a choice. You have to eat. When we finished and went home, like, I'd had that much coffee. I normally have two coffees a day. If I have three coffees a day, that's too much for me. I get a bit jittery. My energy dips. Like, I can't handle it very well. I don't sleep. And I had about four coffees from, say, 10 a.m. till midnight. And then from midnight till 10 a.m., I probably had about seven coffees or something like that just because I needed it because I was so tired. One of my so. favourite moments in the night. <laughs> Sorry, One Oliver. of my favourite oh. moments in the night was... Matt was obviously in this in in this in this zone in the hole, whatever you want to call it. Wasn't thinking it, about being a team player, and, and it, it, it wasn't being a team player. <laughs> but it was all right. It was totally fine because I don't <laughs> like it. Really was fine. And uh, we'd come back into the tent, and Matt picked up one of the flasks off the floor, just unscrewed the top, and poured the remainder <laughs> of, the, of the liquid into his mouth. Screwed the lid back on, put it back in the in the box, and I said, "Is there any more coffee?" And he just went. No. <laughs> like, Have you drunk it all? <laughs> yes. I was like, oh, I really wanted a coffee. <laughs> I, think I did say sorry at that point, though. I think he did apologize. Oh, like, you know what? I'd not even realized what I'd done. I was just like, we had this flask of coffee, and I was like, oh, there's a bit of coffee left. I'll drink it. And then I didn't even realize that I'd just drunk the last of our coffee, and I was like, I had any. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I didn't really actually need any coffee. I just really fancied a coffee. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't... I, I definitely didn't drink as much coffee as you no, did. No, I drank loads. Um, I was, uh, when we got in bed, so went to bed probably about lunchtime, 12, 1 o'clock, and my heart, because of all the caffeine and the sugar, I felt really sick from the sugar and the caffeine and being up so long and probably the exertion, and I was just laying in bed. Sophie had gone, oh, what? Oh, I had a shower, so when I got in, I had a shower. That felt amazing, and then Sophie went upstairs. Did you get itchy? No, I was okay. I also oh, got really itchy it was from that. Really the... weird. Yeah. I got so itchy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, like ri- I, uh, the whole body was itchy. Oh, I think that's something else, uh, <laughs> not related to the rash. <laughs> Itching in genital areas is not normal. <laughs> uh. So um, I had that shower, and then Sophie came upstairs, and I was going to stay awake, but then Sophie was asleep on the sofa, so I went to sleep on the sofa, then got up and went down to bed. And when I was laying in bed, my heart was like. Bum, 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 just from the caffeine and that took a good 24 hours really to get out of my system um but yeah we're just i'm like i'm like numb now i'm really tired just like energy wise tired but i think that'll just take a few days to recover are you the same no you're right. <laughs> i feel fine freak of nature I feel fine. <laughs> don't get me wrong on on saturday obviously i was tired on saturday um and yesterday when I woke up, I didn't feel like, normally I just wake up and I'm straight out of bed. Yesterday when I woke up, I was, I was slower to get out of bed. But as soon as I got moving again, I was fine. Uh, I don't really feel, I don't really, my, my legs are starting to be a little bit achy, but nothing nothing too bad. But energy levels, I feel fine. Yeah. I feel absolutely fine. See, I feel really tired, like I need to sleep lots. <laughs> I don't know if part, part of that I think is because Ozzy is genuinely like, I don't think he needs sleep as much as me. Like, he can get up at 4am and go for a ride and feel fine for the rest of the day. Whereas, if or run, if I do that, like, I am tired for the rest of the day. Uh, I need my sleep, I think, more than Ozzy does. So that obviously plays really well into a 24-hour ride. Yeah, and I also, I think, going back to the, the Scarfell walk, I didn't do that as preparation, yeah. but I almost knew 
I knew what my li- I knew what my limit was. I knew that I would be able to do that. I knew that the amount of sleep I would need for, off one day would get me through, get me through energy wise for the en- the entire day. And I am used to waking up when I used to work on the farm at half three, four o'clock, and just going and not yeah. stopping. So, yeah, I, I don't think sleep. I I do, I do notice after say a week of a lack of sleep, I do feel my energy level start to drop. But generally, I can I can go a couple of nights without much sleep, and I'm absolutely fine. I'll still talk even when I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'll still talk in his sleep. <laughs> yeah, well. Uh, um, but yeah, no, it went. It went. I think we pretty much covered everything there. Training wise, we trained pretty normal for it. Um, I'll probably talk about that in another episode about how to prepare for an event like this. But to be quite honest, like we just trained as normal like the type of stuff really that's in my 12 week program like it was a lot of like weight training some interval training i don't think i did much interval training leading up to it really and then just some rides but we didn't do the ideal thing to have done would have been to have done some 12 14 16 hour rides before we did it but i, I personally and i know was it just we just don't have the time to do that i also it, it's similar to like training for a marathon in that if you train for a marathon you don't ever actually run those full 26 miles yeah. in training. You get to 20 miles and that's it. Yeah. Because the last six miles are just a grind and a push. And yes, okay, we hadn't but done... But what we probably should have done <laughs> is that our usual rides are like 20 miles, 30 miles might be a big one. And we went from doing 30 miles to doing 135 miles. Yeah. So like in an ideal world, if we had loads of preparation time, we would have gone and do some, done some like 100 milers, wouldn't we? And some long 12, 16 hour rides. Like that would have definitely helped us prepare more, it, I think. It would have helped. It, yes, it would have helped us prepare. But I don't, I still don't believe that there's there's much more we could have done physically to prepare. Okay. It was, I, I honestly believe that that, what we just did is more of a having challenge. a mental challenge to get through it because the intensity, the yeah. actual intensity, and, and if you look at the, if How you hard to go on heart is. rate and, and stuff like that, yeah. it's not the, the most intense no, it's not. work. It is purely mental just to keep the legs going yeah, round. Stay awake. And you, keep getting out of the tent. I, I agree that you definitely have to have a baseline of fitness because yeah. you can't just, you can't just well. go, right, I'm going to ride for 24 hours yeah. after you've never been on a bike. But we already had a good two... Like, I've been riding for, what, two years now? So we had a good two two years you, you got longer. But we had a good baseline of riding fitness, mm. strength there as well. So I think the main the main um, point to focus on was definitely mentally and yeah, keeping the energy levels high. Food was a was definitely yeah, food a big was really one. important. I think we did well with that. Though. We did really well with that. We really had well. so much food on us. We've got so many sweets to eat. Yeah, yeah, we do. We've like we didn't eat everything, but that was good because we had so much there that we like have loads of food left over. I I don't think we I don't think we realized how much support we'd get with food. Yeah, we do get a lot of food getting brought. Like to how us, much so actually really got good. brought to us. Um, I was going to say, so like for me, I'm quite happy to have done, I'm very happy to have done the 24 hour challenge. I'd feel zero urge to do anything else over 24 hours. Like if I was like, right, what's another challenge? I was like, I'd, I would pick something else. Whereas I think <laughs> now, if I said to Ozzy, would you do it again? Ozzy would be like, yes. yeah, let's do it next week. Yeah, I'll do it again. Yeah. I'll do it again. See, for me, I'm like, yeah, it's done. I'm really proud of us for doing it but I would pick something else that doesn't involve staying up all night because I love my sleep. All my clients have said to me already, right, what are you doing next? Because they already know. They're like, 
now he's done this, he's definitely going yeah, to want yeah, to go and do else. something else. I'd like to do another challenge. I would really like to do another challenge. Like it was like, I'm really glad we did it. And I might change my mind in like a few as a few months pass. I might want to do something else like that. But uh, I think you should ask your followers. Yeah, yeah. What should I do next? Think of a challenge. <laughs> think of a challenge that we can do. Uh, yeah, but it was um, for me the hardest bit was definitely the staying up through the night. By far, that was the hardest bit. What was the hardest bit for you? Hardest bit was the lowest point mentally was after the third, third lap, lap because yeah. I knew at that third lap I knew it was going to be difficult. I knew that, but, knew but I, I didn't realize how the weather was going to affect me mentally because when we set off and I was like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. And then after being soaked after three laps, I'm thinking, oh man, 23 more hours of this is going to be tough. Uh, so that was probably the lowest point. But then after that, I felt, I felt really, really good. Just quickly going back to it, I'll be really quick. I got really emotional when, when I was talking saying that between three and five when you weren't talking and I, it was quite... Oh, yeah. I was, yeah, you started to... I got really emotional then because I was thinking about you know, the universe, the stars, and then I was thinking about the people that we're doing it for and why we were doing it and all that sort of interlinked together and that got me quite emotional. So I wouldn't say that was a bit where I was down, yeah. but that was definitely a bit where I was, I was really, really emotional. So yeah, the, the hardest point for me was just knowing that we had 23 more hours after the third lap and I was soaked. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, we've done it now. So uh, there's nothing else in the diary. <laughs> I'm sure we all think of we'll some We'll fill it with charity. something, I can guarantee yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> but we've raised, I think we've raised about £6,200 so far. So thank, And then awesome. there's about, will it be about 1200 quid on top of that that's gift aided? So actually the charity... Excuse me, the charity will give in like 7,400. Oh, that's I awesome. think when you take off, like, I think just give and take about 200 quid of that, something like that, for like the right. processing fees and stuff. Right. So I think there'll be there'll be a good seven grand anyway that the charity gets, which is amazing. That is awesome. Yeah, isn't it? I mean, if you think if someone's getting paid two grand a month, that's like three, nearly four months' wages for one person to be doing something, some that kind is awesome. of a. And not just that, the amount of awareness that especially yeah, you through your yeah. page have managed to yeah. uh, bring towards the the charity is huge. Yeah, being the tens of thousands of people have seen, yeah, seen yeah. it. Yeah, so yeah, it was really good. If you have any questions at all for me and Ozzy, or if you're thinking of doing something like that, I can highly recommend it. Like, it was a real, like, I really can highly recommend it because I've... I feel so confident in myself now. I've done it. Like, I really feel like I've really proved that I can do it. Um, and, and I'll come. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do it with you. I'll support you. <laughs> but it is like, I'm really proud of us for doing it. And it was a proper, proper challenge. Um, and I highly recommend if there's something that you like kind of want to do and you're wondering whether you can do it or not, like just sign up and do it. Um, because you'll be so proud of yourself for doing it and it makes you train for it. Like it gives you something to aim for. And the feeling of finishing that kind of immense challenge is like, it's amazing. It's such a high and it is just so surreal. It's a really, really, really weird feeling. Um, and especially because it was tied into doing it for our family members. Like one thing I didn't mention for the first 10 hours, I was wearing my granddad's cap. So my granddad used to be a really keen walker and Dovestone Reservoir where we um, rode around. He used to love it there. He used to do a lot of hiking around there. So for the first 10 hours, he had his uh, walking cap on. So that was like a big motivator. But that's going to be amazing now. I'm going to get like a framed, um, almost like a frame, you know, like a box frame where I can have the jersey in it. I can have the cap. I'm going to have some screenshots of the ride and photos from the day, that kind of thing. Uh, and it's just great to have been able to do something. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's really good. So, yeah, if you have any questions at all for me or Rosie, fire them over. Just email them to matt at mtb.fitness. Uh, 
yeah, anything at all, just let us know. And I really hope you enjoyed it. If you do want to donate, it'll be open for the next probably week or two. So it's 24hourbikeride.com. That's 2424hourbikeride.com. And is there anything you'd like to end on, Ozzy? I could end on something quite philosophical if oh, you wanted there we go. to. <laughs> How many stars are in the sky? <laughs> no, it was got, when Matt's talking about taking on a challenge, the beauty of something like that is once you've pushed yourself to take on one challenge and you've achieved it, it's easier then to take on another one. Yeah. And the more challenges you take on and the more boundaries you keep pushing, yeah. the further you'll progress. It's the same as when you're practicing for your skills on the bike. Yeah. Every t- Once you've done a two-foot drop, you know then that it's the same technique into a three-foot. Once you've gone out that tent three or four times, it's pouring down with rain. Yeah. It actually gets easier to yeah, do each it time. Does. You just know so you're going to do it. There's a challenge or an event that you are really scared of doing but you'll be really proud of yourself for doing. Once you've done it, I guarantee the yeah. next time, the next challenge will feel easier and you'll want to do it. That's true. It's kind of reset my framework of what is difficult. So sometimes on a ride, you'll do a three-hour ride. And like occasionally I get, so I've got like a mile ride. Ozzy rides off because his, his home is closer than mine. And I have like a mile ride home. And when my legs are tired, I have, it's about a, probably a mile and about 300, 400 feet climb, something like that. And I'm always like, oh, I really can't be bothered climbing this bit. Obviously, I always do it, and I always put the effort in on it, but I'm always like, I can't really be bothered doing it. And now, like, that just seems pitifully easy when I've done a three-hour ride, because getting out of that tent at 4 a.m. when we were, what will that be, 12, 16 hours in, <laughs> and, like, having to get out of that tent when everything hurt and I was knackered, like, now just, like having to do one more climb on a three-hour ride like just does seem like next time it rains and we're going out for a ride oh it would just seem like a piece of cake oh we're only in the rain for two three hours yeah and we can stop when we want (laughs) (laughs) yeah that is not a problem yeah exactly it just won't seem like an issue anymore so it just just completely reset your framework of what's difficult but also what you can do as well so like now when we do a three or four hour ride, we know that we're capable of so much more. And even when we do like 30 miles, like we know we can do 135, 138 in Ozzy's case, the bastard. <laughs> 139. Uh, it was funny because our aim was, uh, our aim was 150. Uh, I say our aim, we worked out that we'll probably do around 150. And when we crossed that 100 mile mark, I wasn't bothered whether we got to 150 or 130. I just wanted to finish the 24 hours. We got there. halfway through and we were just behind the 75 mile mark. And at that okay. point, it, I remember us having we're a conversation where we're like, we're about on track. But then three hours later, after another three hours in the dark, yeah. it was pouring down with rain. The conversation of miles, it yeah, didn't, didn't even matter. Anymore. It no, wasn't that wasn't a matter. It became it. It got to the point where it's like, right, miles don't matter. Let's just finish. Let's get to the end. Let's yeah. keep going and just get round this thing. And that's what I was like. Like in the end, I probably could have got two laps in in the time that I rode around with Sophie and my mum. But it was so nice to have been going for 23 hours and then just to have a leisurely lap. Like, Sophie never walks, ever. And the only reason that she walks around... Like, she, she, Sophie's the polar opposite of me, my girlfriend. So I love the outdoors. She hates it. She's almost like a proper town girl. She loves being tucked up in her pyjamas inside. She loves, like, shopping and all that side of things. Like, she gets cold really easily. So she never, ever goes hiking or walking. And she actually rocked up and wanted to do a lap because she wanted to see what we'd done. And when she was walking around, she felt like she was doing it with me. So like that was a really nice moment for me, for Sophie to be walking around in the pissing down rain 
and for her to just be out there doing it was was really nice so even though i ended up doing probably six miles less it was so worth it for me to just do a lap with with sophie and my mom and to finally be near the end it helped me like soak it in a bit more and then the last lap we took about 35 minutes to do when we probably could have like squeezed in a couple of laps in that time if we really wanted to but like ozzy said when we'd done that century, for me, I was like, I've ridden 100 miles, like, I don't care if I do 120 or 130 or 150 or 160, like, I just wanted to complete it, really. Um, so, yeah. But um, I'm sure me and Ozzy could carry on talking for the next hours. Definitely Ozzy. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely could. <laughs> we'll get him on again. I think it's quite a nice dynamic, actually. And like I say, Ozzy's a PT and he's got a degree in... Sport physiology. Sport physiology. I'm his best friend. <laughs> he does know I'm 26. <laughs> um, so uh, he's, we can talk about loads of kind of stuff around fitness and nutrition and training and everything really. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it and I'll see you next time on the MTB Fitness Podcast.